so happy to tell you though that dad lived full and large after this event and so happy and joyful. So that's the good news. And the good news is we don't need to experience a heart attack and stroke to have that joyful living with a healthy body, peaceful mind, and joyful heart. We need to know about these six pillars, exercise, nutrition, sleep, stress management, social connection, and then substance use moderation or elimination. So let's start with pillar number one. It's actually one of my favorite pillars. <laughs> this is exercise, physical activity. We can call it movement. And I'll tell you that at Stanford Medical School, I did learn about exercise and we do learn about exercise in the medical model. And you likely know this information too. You probably heard it from your physician or maybe you studied it yourself in school. And some of you may even be familiar with medicine, maybe your physicians, maybe your healthcare providers. So we know that exercise helps prevent cardiac disease and stroke. Now, our number one killer in the United States and, and worldwide is heart disease. So exercise is one of the most important things we can do for ourselves to help prevent heart attack and stroke. So you know <laughs> that I exercise. Reduce blood pressure. Exercise does a great job of that. Controlling blood glucose. As you know, we have a diabetes epidemic. We have heart disease, diabetes, dementia, worried about all these things as they are getting higher and higher incidence in the United States, despite many, many medications coming out and helping. We're still struggling because we haven't yet been able to adopt and sustain healthy lifestyles in a joyful way. And that's what we really want to do. Preventing weight gain, controlling our weight, and maintaining weight loss. Exercise helps us to do this. It also helps prevent bone loss. You know about osteoporosis, hip fractures. Exercise can also increase self-esteem, energy, improve mood, and decrease stress. And I will tell you that when I ask patients and even colleagues, or family members or friends, why do you exercise? They really rarely say to control my blood pressure. Most people say, because it makes me feel good, because I feel more creative, I feel more energized, I feel less fatigue, I feel less stressed after exercise. Most people talk about the mental health model right here, how exercise helps them improve sleep, gives them better endurance, relieves stress, improves mood, increases energy and stamina, reduces tiredness that can lead to increased mental alertness, helps with weight reduction. And then lastly, in the mental health model, they do mention something very important, reducing cholesterol and improving cardiovascular fitness. One thing exercise does very well, and we haven't yet developed medications to do this really well, and that is increase the HDL, as you know, the good cholesterol that we have. And exercise can do that. So that's another reason why I also exercise. And let's talk about all that I learned in medical school and some of you learned in your schooling, how exercise can increase endothelial function. What's that? Endothelial function is the ability of our cells that line our blood vessels to vasodilate, to get bigger, and that allows more blood flow. 
And nitric oxide, which is released when we exercise, also allows this vasodilation, uh, an expansion, increase the, the volume of blood that can go through our arteries. And it helps us so we don't clot. So having a clot in your brain creates a stroke. I try very hard to increase my fibrinolysis, my ability to break up clots and exercise does that really nicely and well. I, I, I think that these are compelling reasons to exercise, especially for someone like me who knows they have risk factor for heart disease and stroke. But here's what, here's what speaks to everyone. I talk to middle schoolers, talk to high schoolers. I talk to, I have a whole course for college students and master's level students at Harvard at the Harvard Extension School. It's called Introduction to Lifestyle Medicine. I have well-being from the inside out. I have culinary psychology. And these college students want to learn the material. And then the medical students are fascinated with this for their own health and also their patients. And guess what? Patients are fascinated by this as well, all the way up to retirees, maybe in their 90s. And they really pay attention when I start talking about movement exercise, physical activity, and the brain. I love this graphic and I want to share it with you now. When you exercise, you have a huge impact on your brain. So dopamine is released when we exercise. What does dopamine do? First of all, it's a reward signal. So that makes us feel good. And this is probably why I, I sort of crave my, my runs. I'm a jogger and I, and I do yoga. Sometimes I do paddleboard. Sometimes I do paddleboard yoga. But I, I, I love activity, I always have. Dopamine's release that improves motivation, focus, and learning. So when I was at Stanford Medical School and I was studying for the boards and different exams, I would go for a run because I knew I could focus better and I would learn more if I ran and then went back to the library. Now, blood flow increases to the brain. And that allows more oxygen to be delivered. And it also allows nutrients to be delivered to the brain. It improves waste removal. So exercise can really help. You may want to stand up at this time. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. I can't see you, obviously. So you may want to stand up and just move around. Just move around, walk in place, maybe even do some jumping jacks, uh, move your arms around as I share with you the many benefits of exercise. Here's one not a lot of people know. When you exercise, serotonin is released and that can enhance our mood. Exercise is medicine. So there have been studies that compare antidepressants to exercise. What dose? 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity in the week. So like a half hour, five days a week of moderate intensity. Moderate intensity exercise means you can talk, but you can't sing. If you can sing, you're in low intensity. If you can't sing, but you can talk, you're in moderate. If you can't even talk, you're in vigorous. So in this study, antidepressant takes four weeks to work. So give the antidepressant, usual dose, and give a dose of physical activity that works in this capacity and that these are the guidelines to get 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity. At the end of four weeks and checked in on at six weeks and eight weeks, guess what? Those that were in the antidepressant group, those that were in the exercise group, both had an increase in serotonin, similarly, had a decrease in depressive symptoms, similarly. So exercise was like an antidepressant. And mind you, 
I'm not telling you to get off your antidepressants. I'm not telling you not to take them. If you are being seen by a psychiatrist, if you have depression, these medications are powerful and very, very good. I am mentioning that exercise is, is a, a powerful way to enhance your mood. And why not do that? If you're on the medicines or you're not, I know for myself, when I exercise, my mood goes up definitely when I am in my routine exercise. So try it. Try it. Endorphins are released. You know this. That dulls a sensation of pain, also makes you feel good. That's that runner's high. Not everyone gets a runner's high. Mind you, I've been studying this for many years. I also learned fairly recently, two years ago, that stretching also releases endorphins. Stretching. So you don't necessarily have to run. It's called a runner's high. So, of course, you can get this with biking. You can get this with yoga. You can get this with many other physical activities. It doesn't have to be running. But please realize that you can feel really good (laughs) with exercise. Then people with ADHD know this. Often their physicians have recommended exercise because it releases norepinephrine and that improves attention, perception, and motivation. Now, here's one of the questions I asked you to begin. I said, do you know what BDNF is? This is brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And it's released when we exercise, protects and repairs neurons, brain cells from injury and degeneration. Not only that, hormones combine with BDNF to grow brain cells, neurogenesis, it's called. Create more neurons, create more brain cells. How do you do this? Exercise, which increases BDNF, combines with other hormones, and you can have more neurons. This is new news. When I was at Stanford Medical School in the 90s, we didn't know. We didn't know medically, scientifically. We didn't know that that you could increase the number of your brain cells, your neurons throughout your lifespan. That was new news and very important news. So please know when you exercise, you're doing your body good, you're doing your brain good. And not only that, exercise can change the shape of your brain. What? Yes. So research has shown that when we exercise, we can increase the volume of our hippocampus. You can't see the hippocampus here. The hippocampus is deep within the brain. It's part of the limbic system. And it's very, very important for memory consolidation. Remember, I talked about dementia and the concern about dementia and the rising rates of dementia. Well, one thing we can all do at any age, at any stage of our life, is to exercise. And we could increase the volume of that very important part of our brain called the hippocampus, which will allow us to consolidate memories. Now, remember what I mentioned to you, use your hippocampus to remember this, (laughs) that we are evidence-based in lifestyle medicine. So what I do, I love research. I'm a huge, I guess we would call it nerd, geek, whatever you want to call it, have always been throughout my entire life, but I love to read research and articles and learn more and more I will share with you that we've known this since 2011. So that that this isn't public knowledge and people aren't yelling this out the window and and megaphoning this throughout cities and towns. I don't know. (laughs) But we need to understand that exercise can increase the volume of the hippocampus, which you can see now lighting up in orange and purple. So hopefully you'll remember that. 
Now, remember, also, you can be standing right now and getting a little movement in as, as we're sharing information here together. Exercise is medicine. It would take about 11 or 12 medications in order to capture all the benefits of exercise. So why not just, just exercise and get all those benefits? Now, please, if you, if you have uh, a condition and you're taking medicine, you do need to remain on that medication and talk to your physician about exercising. You need clearance for exercise, especially if you have heart disease, diabetes, or other chronic conditions. <music>